1: Welcome to the Time of Monsters uh, podcast hosted by The Nation magazine and available wherever you can uh, get uh, your podcast uh, listening experience. Uh, today, um, I'm very happy to have on very frequent guest of the podcast, Linda Hirschman, uh, whose uh, expertise is always relevant, sadly, because we live in an age, um, both of uh, abortion becoming much more salient, uh, thanks to the uh, Dobbs decision. And now it's going to become an issue for uh, courts and for, um, the, uh, political system uh, at every level uh, going into the future. And also very relevant because uh, d- uh, the former president Donald Trump has seated um, the federal judiciary with many judges, and that's also gonna be an issue. Uh, Linda is a legal analyst, uh, a, law, a former law professor, author of many books, most recently, The Color of Abolition and uh, uh, really one of the sharpest uh, legal minds that we have. Um, And so uh, I wanted to start with um, the uh, uh, whatever happened to states' rights, because uh, we were told (laughs) that uh, when uh, uh, the Dobbs decision was made that, uh, well, you know, the the Supreme Court had, you know, um, overstepped in role to make um, policy for all 50 states that we want to return to federalism and let each state decide. And suddenly I see, I turn on the TV and there's Lindsey Graham calling uh, for uh, uh, the passage of a nationwide abortion ban. Uh, so uh, Linda, what's what's going on? So, um you
2: know, I learned everything I need to know about the current anti-abortion politics from my book about abolition, Mm -hmm. right? The enslavers started out, or at some point they seemed to be satisfied with having slavery be a matter of affirmative law in the slave states. And then the free states as they abolished slavery posed the same situation that we have now with abortion. Um, But uh, relatively quickly, the enslavers made clear that they wanted to impose their slave regime on the whole nation. And they did it first with increasingly aggressive laws compelling the free states to return the fugitive slaves to slavery. Right. So an uh, uh, out of state enforcement of the state system, just like my novel does about abortion. Right. So we've seen the states that have made abortion criminals start to talk about um, enforcing their state laws beyond their state borders. And that's the first move to go from a state's rights argument to a more aggressive argument. So of course, and then the on the eve of the Civil War, the slaves after Dred Scott, the slave states were absolutely on the cusp of a Supreme Court decision in a case called New York versus Lemon, um, where they would have said that you can take your slaves and bring them anywhere in the United States, therefore turning the free states back into slave states. That was on its way to the Supreme Court when the Civil War broke out. So um, those systems of oppression are never content with the discrete political boundaries like states' rights, right? And if you look at what the anti-abortion forces have been saying about their belief system since the beginning, right? When people tell you who they are, believe them, Mm -hmm. Um, They've been saying this is an immoral act of murder, and there was no chance that they were going to be content to keep that system within the state boundaries. So we now have in the form of uh, Lindsey Graham's proposal, he just Basically, to the curtain. I mean, having Lindsey Graham actually come out with something is unusual, but he did uh, uh, out the uh, anti-abortionists um, for their predictable nationwide agenda.
1: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think politically. Uh, I don't know if this will serve the Republicans well. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of ways in which Lindsey Graham is not the best representative. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean the, the larger um, national dynamics—I think—I think you're absolutely right, and I don't think. Um, a lot of people have uh, missed that in all the sort of talk about like, you know, states rights, and this will only affect red states. Um, you know, as Lincoln said, you know, like a house divided against itself cannot stand, you know, like it will be either one thing, all one thing or all the other, all. Um, and uh, it's absolutely the case that if you believe that abortion is murder, um, you know, which is like, it's a minority belief, but maybe, you um, People want to like outright ban of all abortion, but it's a very uh, strong enough minority that they have a stranglehold in Republican Party uh, and drive their policy. If you believe that, then of course you can't just say, "Well, we can have you know outlaw murder in Texas, but not in Massachusetts." You want you can't let people go out of state to commit murder, and you can't have people bring in murder pills. So, so of course, by their own logic, they're going to do this, and they are doing this, and I think it's very salutary. Um, for people to understand that, uh, you know, the Dobbs is like, you know, uh, just opening up this huge can of worms. Um, Now, on a previous podcast, we'd actually you and I had talked about, you know, possible remedies like this is not a total solution, but things that the Biden administration could do to uh, strengthen um, abortion rights, uh, even in red states. Uh, And I think there were some uh, measures in that direction. Do you want to talk a little bit about those?
2: I think the thing he did that I approve of um, unreservedly is his um, health and human services administration deployed and tala the um, law that funds, that gives federal money to the hospitals to say, look, if you're a hospital getting federal money, you cannot have your doctors letting women die because they're afraid of the local DA. Okay. So that was like a very very upstanding move. The problem is that the Biden administration will not confront the ultimate issue which is that the federal courts in the grip of the conservative appointments of decades of conservative appointments won't let the Biden administration do anything substantive to govern the nation. So immediately after the Biden administration uh, issued the ruling saying to what oh, would have been so helpful saying you know to women who are like in danger, OK, I am, of course, a believer in abortion as an exercise of women's citizenship and I don't think they have to be in danger in order to be entitled to an abortion. But at, when women are dying in your hospitals, it certainly is a step forward to say that the doctors have to give them the health care that they need. And that that uh, or that regulation didn't last 10 minutes the Republicans ran to the um, predictable place that they always go to, got a Trump judge that they always go to, to issue an injunction against it. This is the consistent pattern. So what is going on in the country is that although the uh, conservative, the Republican dominated federal judiciary will not openly say that we are at the end of the Democratic Republic phase of American history, okay? So they would not support Trump's claims against the 2020 election. And as we can talk about, they just now refuse to say that former presidents can steal classified documents and get somebody to stop the government from going after them. Um, But that's a matter of the skeleton of the rule of law in America, okay? The Trump judges so far have not struck down the rule of law in America, although they have a case coming next term in which they may very well do that. Um, But what they do do is what they did in the abortion situation, which is they strike down the substantive laws in which the duly elected Biden administration tries to govern the nation.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a um, a real issue, and you know, I mean, when we're to take a very cynical view, um, it's like they're not willing to do things that are so outright corrupt that it will like totally de-legit- de- delegitimize them and force the Democrats, you know, like to, to
2: expand uh, and reform the courts. They yeah. are, they're right. They they I do.
1: And Jesus yeah. I think, especially in sort of you know Justice Roberts, um, um, who did not. Uh, you know who wanted to like eviscerate abortion rights, but didn't want to like fully overturn Roe. Like he, he seems very someone by all his actions who's very mindful of you know the the optics, the the political reputation of the court, and what you can get away with. Um, and I think that, I think that there's other uh, judges of that sort. But the unfortunate thing is, you're exactly right that there are willing to like. Um, um, if they're not willing to like take that ultimate option they're uh, they are willing to actually do enough that makes uh, uh, governing actually very difficult um, wow. yeah and I, I, I mean for for now let's stick to sort of like the abortion stuff but I think it has like wider implications for like just uh, um, Ah uh, the future because I mean, it does seem like they want to get rid of the sort of administrative state. Uh, but but yeah, yeah so so do you want to talk about like yeah, just on the abortion stuff, like just like what what these sort of trump judges, Republican judges are kind of doing to hamper um, um. the action?
2: So uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday, the Office of Legal Counsel issued in the Biden administration issued an opinion that the um, states could not pursue criminal actions against the doctors in the VA system if they violated the uh, local prohibitions against abortion. Okay, Mm -hmm. so this is just like the next step that the Biden administration is trying to take to get some abortion services delivered to at least to the women in the uh, United States military. Right. They're serving the government and um, often are in these red states because that's where they've been deployed to. So um, they the Office of Legal Counsel issued that opinion. Momentarily, a some you know, Republican attorney general group is gonna go to one of their captive judges like that Wexler guy in West Texas and and get an injunction against the federal government prohibiting it from uh, protecting the doctors in the VA system. So that is just the most recent, that's this week. But given exactly what happened in the Mtala suit, where they tried to stop the hospitals from killing their women patients, um, it's the same thing is gonna happen now. And um, it's an example of the danger that the Trump judges pose to an orderly, democratically elected system in America. They don't attack the system itself, but they make it impossible for it to function.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that's that's exactly right. And um, one finds a sort of uh, ideological rationale um, in some of the speeches of someone like Steve Bannon or uh, some of the um, arguments made by uh, think tanks like the Claremont Institute, uh, where they, um, I mean, from the point of view of the right, what they're thinking is, um, is that the enemy is the administrative state, that the, um, uh, and, you know, in the Claremont Institute, one finds many polemics, um, you know, like not just typical conservative polemics going against um, the Great Society of Lyndon Johnson or the New Deal uh, of, um Franklin Roosevelt, but actually uh, targeting as the, the original sin of, um, as one of um, one of the great sins of America, the sort of progressive movement of Woodrow Wilson and the sort of the building up of the, the administrative state. And so so, so the argument that th- these kind of like theorists make is um, that if we want to, you know, return to conservative values, you know, a lot of the sort of um, 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 Uh, uh, institutions that were built up in the early part of the 20th century to sort of regulate business um, have to be taken down. Uh, And, you know, um, I really feel like that's where um, uh, that's the kind of pending battle or, you know, one sees that burbling up and one sees it, especially in someone like Clarence Thomas. So, like, I mean, do you have any thoughts on this? Like, like, like how far could they go in this kind of like battle against, you know, like, like trying to uh, destroy state capacity?
2: Right. They took a half step toward that in their decision on the Environmental Protection Agency last term right? So they've already started down the path of disabling the, using the non-delegation doctrine, meaning that the Congress can't delegate its lawmaking governing powers to administrative agencies. Um, they have, they took a big step in that direction in the EPA decision last year. It didn't go as far as to strike down the entire administrative state, which those of us who watched that court were, uh, you know, reasonably fearful would happen, but they will simply keep doing that until they've basically made it impossible. The the larger political science lesson in this and why the um, Claremont Institute and people like that have been after this for years is that you can't govern a nation of 330 million people with a Huge capitalist market economy without any administrative state. What's going to happen? Nancy Pelosi is going to decide. In each case, it's insane. Um, you, you, and the reason that it sprang up originally, actually, under Theodore Roosevelt, a Republican. <laughs> um, and was expanded in the uh, progressive uh, aspect of the Woodrow Wilson administration, and so forth, is that the economy had exploded after the Civil War to become basically the modern American industrial economy, and you couldn't government would be helpless in when faced with that behemoth if it could not reg, if it could not have a regulatory apparatus. So they are smartly going after the, um, you know, they're not invalidating the election of 2020, Mm -hmm. um, right? Which would be the ultimate uh, blow against the American government. But they're going after that mid piece of the American government, which is the administrative state, which is more than hundred years old at this point. So um, what will happen next? uh starting very soon in a week or two we're going to have a new term one of the things that the supreme court is going to be looking at is whether the state legislatures can without review determine the electors who will then select the president of the united states so that strikes pretty close to the um core issue of are we going to have a democratic
0: So that's the
2: thing that I'm the most afraid of, that they're going to say that the state legislature is mostly in the hands of the Republicans, unreviewed, can send their own electors to to the next election. Assuming they don't do that, that would be a direct blow. The next thing that they are likely to do is continue to attack the administrative state. Now, I will remind you that these doctrines were used by the Supreme Court of the United States in the run-up, to the court packing plan of Franklin Roosevelt in 1937. So what triggered Roosevelt's uh, proposal to expand and reform the court was that the court was striking down the administrative state of the new deal, among other things. They were also saying full stop that you could not Um, regulate the economy, and they had many arrows in their quiver in the 30s, and one of them was uh, that the non-delegation doctrine and that you could not have administrative agencies making these decisions. Um, Everybody says that Roosevelt's court packing plan was a failure, but that is in fact false. It accomplished exactly what it needed to accomplish, which is it scared the critical um, members of the Supreme Court to death and they stopped striking down the new deal. And yep. they, right, they stopped doing what we see the Trump courts doing now. Um, it's called the switch in time that saved nine
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I think that there's a a real way in which, um, as some scholars say, that there was a sort of uh, uh, revolution in the court in 37, you know, without uh, changing personnel. Um, But um, I mean, if one looks at the the people on the right, the Claremont Institute people, what they see is that that was a moment of like, um, again, the kind of uh, original sin moment where like things went- Oh, no question, no question. Yeah. And they talk about, you know, the Constitution and exile, like you know, just as there are some Catholics who think, you know, the current pope and the most recent popes are like all false. And, you know, you have to go back before Vatican can do. They're sort of you know, these kind of like uh, uh, conservative uh, constitutionalists. Um, I'll mention Richard Epstein. Uh, who basically think that the the real constitution is that like late 19th early 20th century you know court that you know like decisions like Lochner were willing to like you know uh, overthrow very basic things like um, uh, you know like laws regulating how many hours you can uh, uh, work here can make you work Um, and they want to return to that so I mean it's um uh uh it's an interesting question as to how far they can go and i i I think your point is very well taken that they're kind of mindful of the dangers of being seen as too partisan and maybe too aligned with trump but that you know like if they um but precisely the threat of trumpism allows them to do like other things that are very bad but they can pretend to be moderate like you know like we're we're, we're not um, uh, uh, we didn't throw the 2020 election to Trump. You know, we're, wow. we're just going to overturn, uh, you know, the ability to regulate the uh, securities exchange. Right. <laughs>
2: and um people are praising them and i think that the trump legal establishment did not expect that incompetent lunatic eileen cannon to uh to do the um completely bizarre thing she did that's like going too far right that's like uh sydney powell going to the courts and saying that trump won the election of 2020 okay yeah. and so they stepped in from one you know from the special master who by all accounts is a legit guy to the uh, trump dominated 11 circuit. like uh, actually we don't do that we don't say outright the pre the former president of the united states is in a legal class by himself yeah. what we say is Oh, no, law applies equally to everybody, except no matter what substantive thing the, uh, the liberal state tries to do, we're going to strike that down. So it's really a wicked game. And I noticed this morning, after I've been ranting and raving about this on Twitter for the last 24 hours, that Jim Albowie from the New York Times had a column this very morning saying, look, don't fall in love with the Trump judges just because two of them on the 11th Circuit refused to say that the <clears throat> the Constitution, even in exile, did not uh, apply. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they're going to go on doing most of the, um, the government destroying and progressive politics destroying things that they've been doing for the last 10 years or longer.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. And I think that this is, um, uh, you know, this is an area where, like, a lot of political work still has to be done. Uh, You know, I mean, I am sort of grateful that the the sort of the the, uh, approval rating of the Supreme Court is going down and that Justice Roberts is worried uh, that the court is losing its legitimacy, which I think, you know, from my point of view, that's all to the good because there's like, um, but, you know, like what ultimately has to happen. And I I think, again, your um, latest book, uh, The Color Abolition is on point, um, is that, you know, if you have an illegitimate court that is like trying to thwart what, um, you know, a democratic polity is trying to do, then you have to like, you know, take a stand against it, which is what Lincoln did. I mean, this is, um, you know. Um, he, said under, and he
2: was going to yeah, in, yeah, the, uh, uh, in the election. He said, you know, we yeah. cannot go on being yeah. governed by Dred Scott.
1: Yeah, that's right. And 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 with what as you just mentioned, uh, Franklin Roosevelt did, you know, with, with yeah. the sort of threat of court packing, that you have to actually take a political fight to the courts. Um, and then there are all sorts of measures that the you know Congress could already do, like to just limit what the court is allowed to like review. Um yeah, but like are you do you how do you think the fight stands? Like, do you think like Democrats are gonna be ready to like do the kind of political battle against um this court that they need to do? Or so
2: I, I want to bring that back to abortion. Okay. Did the Dobbs decision weaponize the female American voter? Mm-hmm. And we don't know that yet. None of the polling is sufficiently fine-grained to tell us what women are going to do. Are women in America going to act like they did in Kansas a couple Months ago, a month ago, um, and turn out in huge numbers, and specifically to defeat the people who tried to make them <clears throat> into characters from The Handmaid's Tale. Are women voters going to do that? If women voters do that, and we do not know if, if they're going to, um, then even with the gerrymandered House seats, the Democrats could hold the House. It would be a terrible shock to the Republicans to see that an explicit fatal blow against 50% of the electorate is going to cost them at the polling booth. So we don't know yet. If women do that, and we hold the House, and we send two more Democratic senators to the Senate, then all kinds of things can happen, including a suspension of the filibuster for purposes of passing a robust Voting Rights Act. And one of the things that the Voting Rights Act could include is a jurisdiction stripping provision, which would say that the federal courts do not have jurisdiction to uh, over (coughs) the constitutionality of the Voting Rights Act. That is a perfectly um, constitutional move for the legislature to take, but it it will require a recognition that we are living in times that are very different from the um, agreeable times that uh, the Washington um, access
1: journalists are always writing about. So, right. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, th- I think that's right. And yeah, I mean, I do want to, I mean, there's a lot of polls flying around and I think one has to be cautious because polling is getting worse and worse in terms of its reliability, you know, just because they can't handle um, sort of cell phones and people being disconnected. Uh, But I think that the, um, uh, but I mean, we do have actual like elections. I mean, I mean that you mentioned Kansas. I'll also mention the recent special elections in um, Alaska, New York, and, and other places where the Democrats have outperformed uh, and sometimes have won in places where they were expected to lose. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a real possibility. You know, like if abortion is the issue, um, um, uh, there's a real possibility Democrats could hold the House and expand in the Senate. But I mean, it, that doesn't just, it's not um, a hydraulic thing that happens naturally. The Democrats actually have to go to the voters and say, I mean, like, I think if they went to the voters and said, you know, you would let us uh, keep the House and expand in the Senate. And, you know, like, immediately, we will like take these measures to protect abortion rights, uh, and, and pass them and override the filibuster. You know, I think that would be a motivating thing. And I think that would like, you know, clarify. Should
2: run that in every district. Yeah. There is nothing at issue in this district
1: other than women's
2: enslavement and women's liberation. Those are the, uh, that's the only issue. Every district should say you vote for the Republican, it means you want women to continue to die in hospitals for lack of abortion care. If you vote for the Democrat, we will restore women's rights. If they ran that uniform ad in every district, I think they have the chance of doing what we just described. Now the Trump dominated, federal courts will strike down a national, let's assume that we take the Congress like that and pass a, a Roe v. Wade, <clears throat> right? A national Roe v. Wade, an opinion that looks better and better in my opinion um, uh, law, then the Trump courts will strike it down as there will say that Congress exceeded its delegated authorities under article one and didn't have the authority to pass a law protecting abortion rights, okay? Remember, they say there's nothing about abortion in the Constitution, so it would be the commerce power, and they've been cutting back on Congress's commerce power for years. So they will strike it down. So what will have to happen is that the Democrats are going to have to say, and we'll add a trigger provision to it, that it's not, it cannot be um, struck down by a federal court. The federal courts have no jurisdiction to pass on the constitutionality of the restored women's rights law. That's what's gonna have to happen. So it's two things. It's take the political branch and then protect the political branch against the Trump federal judiciary.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, I also think- think They would do it, because they, I will tell you why,
2: because the Democrats are gonna be so flabbergasted by winning for a change. That um, they're going to go, like, oh, it looks like this actually is a, an issue we can win on, and maybe we now can find the courage to act on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'll mention that, I mean, if they do uh, run that, uh, I think that um, they have a natural ad already with Lindsey Graham uh, to return to that, you know, calling for a nationwide abortion ban. Uh, so I, I think that um, uh, I want. The great thing that Graham has done is, like, he's made it so that this is not just an issue just in red states or uh, that, you know, like, uh, uh, women all over America have to be concerned that Lindsey Graham, if he ever had the power, would take away their rights. Um, So, so, yeah, I mean, you know, one would uh, hope um, that uh, this is something uh, that's pursued. And certainly, I think there are, like, uh, Democratic candidates. I think Fetterman in Pennsylvania were like hitting this issue very hard. So so we'll, we'll, we'll have to just see what happens. You know, I'm not uh, making any predictions, but I I, I I think we can agree this might be the way to go.
2: I think it's the only way to go. I'm sad because um, for 50 years, the, um, the legal establishment, which I was part of and wrote about in some of my books, um, held the principle that this is a woman's fundamental right. And ultimately, as Justice Ginsburg said, um, it rests on the 14th Amendment, the uh, right to have an equal life in America. So it was a very respectful regime of rights, even though um, the the substance of the later decisions was terrible. having the interpreters of the founding document of the American Republic say, if you're gonna be a citizen in America, you're gonna get to say whether or not you're coerced into childbirth, was pretty potent political message. And I think that a lot of women learned that lesson and were dignified by it. And now that it's being taken away from them, they're indignant about having it taken away from them. So I'm sad. That it has to come to this, but I do hope that you know there is the 19th Amendment, the only place where women is specifically mentioned in the Constitution, and um, ultimately women
1: can vote their fate. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, yeah. I, I think that's where uh, uh, I mean, going forward, um, and as with earlier political struggles over abolition or over you know expansion of economic rights, it has to. I mean, the uh, I think one area where you and I agree with is that it ultimately comes down to, you know, mass movements and mobilization and people exercising their democratic right. That is like the, you know- At the end of the
2: day, the court follows the election returns. And we have seen that happen. And um, to our great loss. Um, I was thinking a lot about it because the women in Iran are, are demonstrating their unwillingness to be treated like objects rather than human citizens as well and um seeing their noble and courageous resistance to having the police beat them to death for their appearance in public i mean this is pretty graphic
1: yeah and- no, no no it's uh
2: But they they can't go to the polling booth and vote them out. And we can. And I will just be so sad if American women don't take advantage of the hard-won rights from the suffrage movement. We can vote these people out. And if the women in Iran can stand up to their oppressive government, then surely we can go to the voting booth and
1: vote. That's uh, that's an excellent uh, uh, message, and it's a, it's a good place to uh, end on. So uh, I want to thank uh, Linda once again for being on the podcast, uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking uh, again uh, many times in the future.
2: Thank you so much for having me, as always.